Welcome to the Back Chat Show, brought to you by Roughneck Scarves. I am Jason, and I am joined by Paul. What's going on, Paul? Oh, you know, I'm just sitting here with my uh, empty cup of coffee, questioning the meaning of life. Yeah, that's bad timing if, if you finished your coffee before we even started. <laughs> I'm normally, I need it. I need it. I, I'm normally on my second or third cup by the time we uh, actually hit record. <laughs> This is my second cup. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay then. Yeah, I'm only halfway through my first cup, so I may I may get things wrong. Shock, but uh, here we are, uh, week 24, going to week 24 of the USL Championship season, and um, it's been about two weeks since we last spoke, and there's been four games that have happened. Uh, looking back at them, I think. Th- the best I could come up with is is the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, yeah, is that's, that that's fair? Yeah. I mean, um, there there was there was definitely one ugly. Yep. Um, I think I, I don't know that I would say the good, the bad, and the ugly. I'd say the consistent and the ugly. Well, let, let me <laughs> let me let me let me let me give you the good is the fact that that we picked up points. We've now gone four straight gift games, uh, getting points at home, um, which is something we haven't done in quite a while. Uh, the bad is, of course, you know, we didn't get the wins at home, which we should have. And we did lose a very tight one to Salt Lake City uh, in Salt Lake City. And the bad is uh, our, our trip to Reno. That was just, that was just awful. Um, that was... I don't know. I don't have a thesaurus in front of me to talk to say just how bad that game was. Um, and I don't think we'll really get much into it because it did happen several weeks ago. But let's just say uh, after after uh, Andre Rawls had his spectacular player of the game shut out, one to nothing, uh, we talked about that was his breakout game. Finally, um, Clint Irwin gets hurt. Or not Clint Irwin, uh, Tim Howard gets hurt. Yeah, I say half 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 cup of coffee. Clint, or, uh, Tim Howard gets hurt for the Rapids, and Andre Rawls immediately gets called up, and we are back with Abe Rodriguez, uh, everyone's favorite high schooler playing soccer, uh, playing in the USL. And, um, well, he did not have a good game at all. Uh Gave up a, a first goal, which which he he could be culpable for in the in the twenty. Oh, let me pull back up here. The twenty something man, <laughs> early in the game, and uh, it, it 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 just went on and it was bad and we ended up losing four to nothing. Um, defense was bad, offense was bad. Uh, the group of players in between the defense and the offense were bad. Um, the coaching. It was all bad. It, it was all yeah. It was it was uh, it was not a good. Uh, a good showing and um, just to be sure that we didn't get the stink on everyone we didn't even use uh, our full three subs we only used two subs so uh, at least one person was spared from the humiliation of being on the crappy field in Reno moving on <clears throat> the next... I'd like to shoot a man in Reno <laughs> 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 oh Anyway, <laughs> uh, um, Friday night we went on to the 
the uh, lovely arena, uh, the lovely field at Zion Bake Stadium in uh, out in outside Salt Lake City. I forget the name of the town again, and I had just is looked it, it up. Is it still Sandy, Utah, or is it? I don't. I don't. Sandy. Think... Sandy is where Rio Tinto is. Yeah. I don't know what the. Uh... It's like Henrietta. I I don't. Yeah, I don't... it's 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 some suburb of Salt Lake City. It all blends together. It's 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 a beautiful area. Yeah. 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 It's 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, a little bit of history was made in this game, and I bet you cannot guess what it was. History made in this game. Yep. Maybe not history, but uh, something that, that I had to double check three or four times to make sure I wasn't misreading. First, well, now what? Yeah. First away game in, I believe, two and a half years where we've had a full bench. Oh, yes. I did notice that, and I was thoroughly confused. Yeah, yeah, I, I was too. Um, I, yeah. I have to believe that the only reason they let him do that is because it was basically playing the next door neighbors. Well, yeah, they they it was a, it was a twelve hour bus trip, so uh, and I don't think they stayed overnight. I think they literally drove up, um, got out, played, and drove back. Oh, that's, and you know what to to uh, to play a game like that. And, and lose by such a close margin, you have to believe that if they had flown and they hadn't been cramped and sore from a 12-hour <laughs> bus ride, that, that we might have had a chance to take some points from that game. Yeah, and, and it, it was a very good game. It, there was a lot of opportunities, uh, despite it being low scoring. It was an exciting game to watch because there was many, many shots on goal. There was, there was uh, We had our opportunities. They had their opportunities. Um we did seem a bit lethargic, and at the time, I was I was thinking, man, we're acting like a team that hasn't played at altitude before. And then then hearing about the the bus trip, it was like, oh, well, that explains it. Um, it really does. So, uh, again, a Rodriguez in a goal. Um, this is when the beginning of a little bit of controversy came out. Uh, uh, Ronnie Argetta. Uh, surprise suspension from the USL for his uh, red card uh, in the Open Cup back in May uh, against United uh, or uh, New Mexico United. Um, basically, uh, you know, f- at the time we conclude, we you know, looking at it, it was clear it was it was a rainy night, field was wet. Uh, the referee, Karen Apt, she uh, was running up on, to, to declare a penalty. He was, Ronnie was running up to, you know, be like, no, it wasn't. And she slid into him and and her being four foot nothing and him being, you know, uh, this, this chiseled dude, she bounced right off him and immediately popped up with the red card. At the time, it was like, well... You know, our thought was, well, you know, I mean, in the moment, you could see how she would have thought that. Um, it's a bummer. We're out of the Open Cup. He'll have to sit out the first game next year, either with the switchbacks or whatever team he may be playing with. And we kind of moved on from life. And needless to say, I was quite surprised when the midweek disciplinary report came up. And the first paragraph was the USL handing down a three-game suspension uh, based on that Open Cup uh, 
red card. I, I'm I'm just amazed that it wasn't appealed. I I, I truly I, I don't understand how anyone with half a brain could understand that she made a huge mistake and there was absolutely nothing in it. Yeah. Um, I think it took that long because it was re- appealed. Um, the the USL has has implemented a new rule, uh, which basically states that any any suspension handed down by uh, MLS, U.S. Soccer, any other uh, CONCACAF entity, and probably FIFA too, I don't know, but um, specifically any 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 red card handed down for uh, referee abuse will be served immediately before the player is allowed to be eligible to return to the game. And, and that kind of stems back from a couple of years ago when Clint Dempsey uh, in an Open Cup game uh, took the referees, uh, got red carded, uh, ripped the handbook out of out of the referees' uh, hands and ripped it in half before he walked off. And uh, he he took a while for them to decide how to suspend him because at the time there was no rules against... Uh, there's no uh, uh, process for suspending a player in MLS for conduct in outside uh, tournaments. So that rule is kind of new. I don't remember them having something similar last year, but um, that's basically what happened is, is uh, once U.S. Soccer handed down this suspension for referee abuse per USL's bylaws, he had to serve that in the u.s in the in league play first uh before he was allowed to return so that sucked um, yeah. yeah so you, you, if you think about games like like uh um that new that uh, uh salt lake city game against real monarchs would he have made that difference being there uh as opposed to having a shuffle with the lineup Maybe, maybe not, but um, definitely was not uh, not helpful, not helpful at all. And I'm sure on top of that, then there's 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 going to be fines and and all that. Um, I don't believe that he'll have to. I, Chris earlier brought up online that that this meant a six game suspension, three in the USL and three next year in the Open Cup. I don't believe that's the case. I haven't heard back from. Uh, you, the soccer federation, which I know, shock, shock, they care about what I, my questions, but I also haven't heard back from the team. Um, but I believe it was basically a suspension was handed down by us soccer and USL said that suspension will be served in league play. So I, I believe coming into this upcoming game against Sacramento, uh, he's, or he's now served those three games and we are back to normal. Um, but Real Salt Lake, uh, it was it was a close game. It was a uh, ended up conceding the goal in the 87th minute. Um, in a uh, and I gotta say, in a situation that seems to be common in a man that was unmarked, right in front of the goal and across, um, and we conceded the goal late and kind of that was it. Um, Heartbreaker in Salt Lake City. Uh, anything that you saw in there that it stood out to you? Uh, no, I, I I thought that um, 
I thought that under the circumstances, our, our play was pretty good. It was, it was pretty consistent. Um, I, the one thing I, I did notice and, and something to be expected when you are away from home, uh, and also after a 12 hour bus ride, um, the, the amount of passing that, uh, Real Monarchs did around us, um, we, we, we completed, uh, let's see, or we had 341 passes to their 613. Yeah. Um, they were, they were playing keep away for a while there. Um, which when you're, when you're already kind of tired, lethargic, sore, um, it's to be expected that the normal amount of, uh, possession you're giving up to the home side might increase. Yeah. And, um, but uh, I did, it, it, it's always a heartbreak to, to have such a late goal. Um, yeah. because you've, you've been putting, you, you know, you're putting your heart into it. You think there's still a chance, you know, you could save a point, uh, steal a point away from home. Um, and then, you know, you get, uh, you know, half second defensive laps or somebody just pulls off something brilliant and, and suddenly you're going home with nothing. Yeah. The, 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 the pat, the passing, the, the holding the ball has been Salt Lake City's calling card since the, since their year one since 2015 where they that that's been their thing is is they're uh, really a possession team um which is interesting considering the the number of changes at head coach the, yeah. the fact that from one coach to another they they maintain that uh tiki taka barcelona style yeah uh, just pass pass until you have a shot i guess yeah so heartbreak Salt Lake City, moving on. Coming back to the friendly confines of Widener Field, we had a, win, a rare Wednesday game against uh, Portland Timbers 2. Um, once again, we uh, Abe Rodriguez in goal uh, and um, Tucker Bones, first professional start. Uh, him and Doing were up top. Uh, this was also a slight change to the formation. Um, According to this, we're we're basically running a 4-1-3-2, uh, with uh, Jordan Schweitzer being being the defensive mid. Uh, any, any is that uh, is that just kind of a what what would what what does that mean? Um, what does what does that mean? What does that mean? Um, what does it even mean? <laughs> uh, it's like the double rainbow thing. Yeah. Um, I, it's. It's it's a pretty solid formation. I I don't know that Jordan Schweitzer is the guy defensively to have in that holding mid spot, um, but obviously when you're without Ronnie Argetta, um, that kind of that kind of takes away from your options. Um, having Saeed uh, able to play centrally behind two strikers, um, I can definitely see the advantage to. Having two two strikers to play it off uh, to allow him to get in behind, um, or just uh, set up at the top of the box and and try a, a shot or two. Yeah. Um, Shane Malcolm and and Matt Hundley on the outside, pretty standard by this point. Um, I think that uh, that Jordan did a pretty good job. Um, in that holding role, but I also think that his his vision and his passing 
could also have been used uh, a little bit further up the pitch as well. So, yeah. well, and I have to say, uh, Saeed, it was probably his best game this year. Um, he was all over the place. He was he was making chances. Uh, he had several quality shots on goal, um, including what could have been the game winner in uh, in in stoppage time at the end, if had it not been saved by uh, their keeper. Um, I mean, honestly, I mean, you, we could say it's 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 a it's a four one three two. It could easily just be a four three three with a really hesitant <laughs> a four three three with a false nine. I yeah. call it that. Um, so uh, let's quickly get into that game. Uh, it, it started out um, kind of a a, a, a typical wah wah uh, where we gave up the. First goal, um, if I and I'm, try, I'm, I'm trying to remember, but I think it was off yet again another cross and a unmarked player running in the middle uh, gets it gets a gets the ball and gets a clean shot and puts it in uh, and just like that we are down one and nothing going at a half. Um, in the starting out in the second half, we have something that is not seen all that often. Last time I saw this was, uh, well, in the Women's World Cup, it, it, it happened, but not as close. Um, there was a uh, Portland played the played a ball a clear ball back to their keeper, uh, and um, it was going to be a goal, but he uh, the keeper it had to had to basically make the save against his own back pass, which is illegal. Um, they made that change in, in the early 90s, uh, much to my chagrin at the time. But uh, <laughs> you're, you're not allowed to, to play the ball back to the keeper, to your own keeper, off of your feet and have them use their hands. The, the result is a indirect free kick from the spot of the foul, or if the spot of the foul is inside of the... Uh, the the box inside the small box the uh was the five yard box um outside of there so what we saw was the ball lined up and basically everybody for um portland lined up on the goal line and um for those that that don't know an indirect kick basically means that the ball has to be touched by touch twice before it can be considered a goal once by the person playing the 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 kick and then someone else so he couldn't just blast it in or um it had to be played on someone else so uh if i recall there was a uh I'm trying to find who got the assist but uh it was ish Jom who played it out and uh got the um Blasted it in from point point blank, and just like that, we are tied up, one to one. Yay, switchbacks. Uh, however, um, wait, that was in the 48th minute. Continuing on, uh, the aforementioned Saeed Robinson with one of probably one of the nicest goals, not even for Saeed Robinson, but for this year period. Uh, kind of played the ball to himself, broke through. And uh, chipped just a beautiful chip shot over the uh, keeper. Uh, Austin Doing was the assist on that, and uh, which I believe was his first professional assist. Um, 
And there we go. Just like that, we are up two to one at home over the Portland Timbers. Um, the announce crew, uh, Josh, uh, or Ryan Kaufman, I'm sorry, I was thinking Josh Howe, Ryan Kaufman and Roland Vargish uh, making a big deal to note that this is the first time uh, since uh, Wooly Harris took over as interim head coach that we've scored more than one goal in a game. So, I mean, that's good. <laughs> I thought, uh, weird thing to keep mentioning over and over again, but, you know, I guess it's better than the beginning of the season when we had the, we scored a goal for the first time in a month and a half. So, multiple goals is a good thing. Um, unfortunately, we then had the trademark switchback moment, uh, the switchbackiest of switchback moments, where we get the goal to go ahead and within 10 minutes, well, in this case, two minutes, we give up a game-time goal. And this one really frustrated me because th- this was yet another defensive lapse. Uh, Foster Langsdorf took a shot. Uh, Abe Rodriguez got a hand to it, set it back up to the post. High arcing bounce. Um, n- none of the defenders chased the ball or chased the person making the shot. And he basically was able to one-touch it into the goal. And just like that, we are... That that, that 2-1 excitement has turned into a 2-2 disappointment. Um, did you see... Did, uh, what did you see on that? I, I saw a lot of defenders ball watching. Yeah. Uh, and a very, very pissed off Abra Rodriguez uh, after the goal. Yeah, which, uh, which I mean... When, when you're getting yelled at for not doing your job by a 17-year-old, you've screwed up, okay? Well, and the thing, <laughs> and here's the thing, which, I, which, which kind of impressed me a little bit, is that that shows a little bit of the maturity and the comfort level of Abe Rodriguez in that if this was the first couple games, he would have been like, oh, man, I screwed that up. Whereas this time, he was, he was chewing ass back there. He was not happy at all. Um, so... A little bit of the maturity uh, coming up from the youngster. Uh, the game continued, uh, d- and despite our best efforts, uh, Said Sa- Robinson had a uh, a shot there at the end that, against any normal goalkeeper, would have been a, a goal. It was a right over a hard shot right over the keeper's head, but he got a paw to it. Uh, the game ended in a 2-2 draw. So. The good news about this game is that we didn't lose, we were, we, which is a good thing. We've been losing at home. Um, the bad news is that we gave up a 2-1 lead and uh, didn't get the three points. Um, from my point of view, I mean, Side Robinson was was the man of the match. Clearly, uh, he he was he was playing like he did at the end of last season where he was like all of a sudden the light went on and he's like, Oh yeah, that's right. I'm a really good soccer player. I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going, I'm going to soccer the hell out of this match. And, uh, and he did, he was, he was by far the, the, the most dynamic player that we had out there. Um, and did you see anything, anything else out there that, that, that struck you? Um, I, the, the thing that struck me as, uh, as important is, um, our shot accuracy. Um, we actually had, we had 14 shots that match and seven on target. Um, 
which for us is actually pretty huge to have a 50% uh, 50% of our shots actually uh, require a save or hit the back of the net. Um, yeah. Pretty pretty good considering that we are among the league leaders for shots and among the bottom dwellers for conversion. Yeah. Um, well, and, and the fact that I think it's the, just offhand, I, I think it's one of the first games we had where we had more shots inside the box than outside. Um, that's where we seem to be racking up all of these random shots is outside the box when we take that speculative uh, 25-yard blast. But we had nine shots inside the box this game as, and five outside. So I think that was definitely a, a good sign. And um, despite the, the, the inability to, to finish it off, um, you know, we didn't even have time to really park the bus any. We maybe were just looking for the keys to the bus by the time they scored, they, they tied it up. Um, so first game of the two-game stand on the Wednesday night. Um, ended in a tie. The official attendance was 4,201. I'm not sure there was that many. I know it was a pretty decent-sized crowd, uh, for especially for a, a Wednesday night. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they're always including the every-season tickets sold among those, uh, probably including flex tickets not used. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know. Um, but it was, it was definitely busier for a Wednesday night than I'm, than I'm used to seeing. So yeah, yeah. Which, is good, which is good, which is good. Um, so moving on to the game that just took place a couple of days ago, uh, the three, three draw with Rio Grande Valley Toros FC. That's a mouthful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, we lined up in this four, one, three, two, um, same, basic setup except this time we had Mike Seth in and Tucker Bowen up top Tucker Bowen making his second start of the uh, season uh, no Austin doing in the lineup um, one thing that did happen I, I meant to, to mention this uh, for the Portland game was the return of, of Jamal Jack from injury uh, he was subbed in and uh, he was subbed in for uh, for one of our attackers I'm not not don't remember which one, um, but uh, when we brought him in, we basically put Jordan, pushed Jordan Burt up up to the uh, midfield, um, put uh, Guadabaye and Jamal Jack in the center, and pushed Chris Reeves out to the right, uh, to, uh, to the right back. So um, that seemed to be the same thing because uh, the same thing happened in this game. Um, we had that that uh, 60th minute uh, shuffle, bringing Jamal Jack in. I'm hoping at some point we're going to get both him and Guadabaye starting. Um, we seem to have a a dearth of of, of midfielders once again. Um, now this game w- was a different level of frustration altogether. Um, it started out very well. We we uh, scored in the 12th minute. Shane Malcolm. Uh, Home assist from Tucker Bone, his first his first assist of his pro career. Uh, Shane Malcolm uh, got a got a shot in inside the box, uh, went in goal, and um, things seemed really different at that point. Uh, to me, I, I think I even made a comment that it seems like we are we were playing like we did in the first couple seasons, where we were we were pressing up up 
very hard. We were not we were not allowing them to to to, to build out of the back. Um, we were attacking very route one oriented uh, play, and uh, that attacking mentality showed off when Jordan Burt got another goal in the second in the 20th minute, uh, which was basically a a mad dash inside the box to to, to get on a loose ball, and, and he won that. Um, and we were just like that. We were up two to nothing, which is I think our first multi multi goal lead since LA Galaxy, the first game of the season. Um, so there we were, up two to nothing, being super aggressive, being uh, dominating, and I'm thinking, all right, yeah, I'm liking this. Maybe this is the game where we turn it all around. <sighs> then, oh, oh, optimistic, Jason. I, I you know, I, it, I should know by now. I should know by now, um, because within ten minutes, we give up that goal um, to Michael Salazar. Twenty seventh minute, um, he gets a a, a run in, and um, I'm trying to to. I'm, I'm rewinding here because I, I, be honest, I'm a horrible host, and I don't exactly remember what happened with that. Um, da, 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 da. I'll edit all this out. It was uh, oh, that's what it was. It was basically it was a give and go uh, between Salazar and um, someone else, Salazar and another uh, Toros player. Um, the two of them surrounded by five defenders and um, for whatever reason could not defend it. And just like that, we are, we are, our, our two nothing lead is cut down to uh, two one. And we're like, okay, well, still, we're still winning. That, that feels good. I guess, you know, whatever. Um, then again, the switchbackiest moment uh, right before halftime, we give up the game-tying goal uh, on another defensive lapse that happened. Um, the defender got in behind uh, Ishjom, and uh, despite an initial save by by uh, Rod- Abe Rodriguez, uh, there was the rush to the goal, and uh, there it was. It, it was given up. Huh. You're referring to the goal that actually didn't cross the line entirely. Yeah, um, I'm. In tr- I was trying to find a way to like, <laughs> like nicely say it. Um, te- to, to nicely say that the referee screwed up and that wasn't actually a goal. Yeah. Um, anyone watch it, watching it back, it's it's very clear that the ball was stopped on the line. And in the game of soccer, uh, the ball is in play until it completely crosses the touch line. And um, the the referee clearly believed that was the case, that it was not a goal, and he was uh, he was overruled uh, or or accepted the judgment of the assistant referee on that side, um, and it was allowed to be a goal. Um, I gotta say, we have been. This has not been uh, a very good lucky season for us when it comes to stuff like that. Um, not just not just the the 
the close calls, but uh, goalposts, I can't tell you how many shots that we've had at home that have ricocheted off the goalposts, uh, or uh, it just, it's like the magic's gone. And, uh, you know, the goalposts don't love us anymore. Um, the, the lines on the field don't love us anymore. Um, the referees never loved us. Nef- so yeah, I mean, I mean, the referees... Nothing's changed there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the, the, it reminded me back of the days before they replaced that entire goal area when it used to get flooded every game after a rainstorm. Lake that, Vercoloni. No, that was on the other side. This was this oh, was yeah, this yeah. was the uh, the swamp. Yeah, Davila's swamp. Um, even in the swamp, you would have known that that did not go over the goal post, not cross the cross the goal line. Um, even being at the very edge, you 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 had to see that that was not a goal. And um, yeah, I can't. Goal line technology would have overturned that. Uh, <laughs> VAR would have overturned it too. Yeah. Um, Literally, any... any chance to look at it again would have overturned it. Yeah. Um, so there we are, tied up. Um, going to halftime, fans being pretty annoyed, uh, me being pretty annoyed, and that annoyance. Well, let's just say it did not stop. Uh, the referee continuing his his uh, inconsistent calls in the game um, claimed that Jordan Burt fouled uh, a, Rios, a, a Rio Grand player right outside of of uh, the arc and uh, awarded a free kick on uh, just just a questionable foul I thought I mean yeah he made contact. Um, but I mean, let's face it. The guy basically stopped and, and waited to be ran into by somebody. Um, yeah, yeah, that, that was, that was a very soft foul and definitely one that he was looking for. Yeah. Um, the ensuing free kick, uh, taken by Andres, our, our, some dude for, for the Toros. I'm not, I'm not even going to say his name. Uh, basically took a direct shot, uh, went around the wall. Abe got a hand to it, uh, but alas, it was not to be. And just like that, giving up a two-goal lead, we are losing 3-2. to two. And right about now, all of the Switchback fans are looking at each other and thinking, the hell, man. You know? <laughs> uh, what the hell? Uh, this, we have, I don't think we've had this kind of collapse in quite a while. Um uh, well, <laughs> you, ha- you have to have a lead to have a collapse. And that's, that's what, what I was just, just thinking. You know, we, 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 <laughs> our first multi-goal lead of the season since the first game, and we uh, we give it up in 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 the 58th minute. Uh, after that, it, it was you know we kept the pressure on. We kept uh, we kept kept them on their heels. Kept desperately trying to get that game time goal. Um, many opportunities, but uh, extra time came and I could see people starting to walk away in their seats dejected. Um, and that's when a little bit of magic showed up a little bit of magic there in the, uh, in stoppage time when a, uh, uh, I, 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 I can't talk. I'm so 
overclimped by this moment. Uh, <laughs> uh, I believe it was a, a corner kick. Ishjom yep. sends it in, and Abdul Guadabaye, our, our, the, the Rwandan beast, uh, flew in and got his first goal as a switchback of the season in the 93rd minute. Um, and I got to say, uh, despite my second half of, of annoyance, I was I was up and down screaming in, in my home. I was so happy, so excited. Uh, I was I was pretty dang excited too. Yes, and that that's I think that's one of the first times I've regretted not being able to make a game, um, just so I could see that. Uh, there there's been some magical late game heroics we've had uh, over the history of the Switchbacks at home, and it was nice to see this team put one together and still be uh, pressing it at the end. Um, Shortly after that, whistle called, 3-3, and we get our point. Um, possession-wise, we we dominated in possession. We have 58-22, um, or 58-42, I'm sorry. Um, we had a, a, a astounding 18 shots to their 8. Um, right, we, we dominated every aspect. It was really really just our bad luck that that we didn't uh we didn't win that game yeah um i mean we 23 crosses to their four wow that that's six six corners to their one um I, just ridiculous we had 10 more shots than them and fun fact, they had three shots, all three on target, all three were goals. Um, <laughs> we also we also had nearly 500 passes uh, to their 368. So that ends a uh, that switchbacks down. Go on the road. We go to the dreaded uh, um, the Papa Murphy's Park now in Sacramento. Uh, uh, play the Sac Republic who are fighting for a playoff spot themselves. Um, and we, we, we end our, that two game road road stand with, with points. Uh, and now we have actually four straight unbeaten at home, which while not ideal is good. We're getting points. Um, so, so some, some basic, in addition to the games that were played, there's also a bit more bookkeeping stuff going on uh, during the week that, that I want to go over. Um, a- after the Portland game, uh, Abe Rodriguez was rewarded with a, with a professional contract, um, which is different than, than, than the uh, previously he was, he was, uh, well, I w- I, he was listed as out on loan to us from the Rapids Academy. However, the, press release said that he was part of the switchbacks academy which basically is is the uh, the players that we have that we don't are amateur players um but he was rewarded with his first professional contract at 17 um i kind of have some mixed emotions about this and uh i kind of wanted to see what you thought about this uh, my initial reaction was kind of uh, of bewilderment on two fronts one um 
Abe Rodriguez at 17, uh, ostensibly still in high school, uh, agreeing to, to sign a professional contract. Uh, while, while that sounds great and exciting on, on paper, um, that means he's now ineligible to play any high school or college soccer, which means that he has begun his he, he's all in on a pro career now, um, which kind of surprised me. Um, yeah, I, it's uh, it's definitely surprising. Um, it and my only my only thoughts there had there had to have been something behind the scenes maybe that uh, you know maybe we were at risk of of losing him if we didn't offer him a professional contract. I'm not sure. Um, it it is kind of a bewildering decision on his part to essentially end his any high school or, or uh, college career because um, that's certainly it, it takes away his eligibility for for all amateur competition mm-hmm. and uh, yeah I, his amateur status was protected before by by his academy status and I don't know and, it, and, it, and it's cool it's really cool to be like yeah congratulations you it's your first pro contract this yeah. is really a huge step for you but at the same time it's kind of like you you had you had time yeah and and, and uh, you know him being 17 under 18 his parents obviously had to i mean any contract signed by anyone who's not over 18 isn't worth the paper it's printed on um so his parents had to had to be in on this and you know even even looking at the big picture, you know, in, in America, in the American, American soccer, the path to the pros still does run through college. Um, you look at most of the players that are playing and they're, they're in the MLS and they're drafted out of college. Um, very few American players uh, come up through a, a, an academy system or a, uh, the ones that come out without any college go to a, a like a like a EMG Academy, a sporting academy where it's both, you know, a high school and a athletic uh, preparatory high school, um, which the which Colorado Rapids do not have. They don't have one of those. Uh, so I, I'm, and they're common throughout Europe, but not not here in the United States. So the other bewildering part of this is that Abe Rodriguez has never really been in any discussions about national recognition. You know, he hasn't been in the talks to be in the under 16, uh, uh, world cup teams or the under 19s or the other 22s or any of those, those you whatevers. Um, he's never really been in those discussions. So, um, and, and let's be honest, a, a, a career in second division soccer isn't exactly um, great. It's not. It, it's it's low paying. It's it's almost minimum wage, and there's very little security in it. So it, it's you you think that as a parent, I would look at it and say, yeah, it's great, but don't we want that fallback of what are you going to do when your soccer career is over? Um, I mean, you look at players right now um, who have retired from USL, retired from soccer because the the conditions of playing in the the, the, the way the league is set up with the pay, the lack of security, 
um, the physical toll takes on your body, you get players that, you know, could be starting anywhere in the league right now, and they've decided to retire, you know. Um, Josh Phillips comes to mind. He could be playing right now anywhere. But because, you know, he graduated from Gonzaga, um, saw that his career wasn't getting out of his career what he wanted to. He wasn't really making a push into MLS2, decided to pursue his own uh, you know, retire and pursue his post soccer career. Um, Dan Jackson, you know, who got his uh, his master's degree, his MBA, um, retired from soccer to go, you know, do his chosen career because you can imagine the pay for someone with an MBA is going to be more than the pay for a backup goalkeeper in the USL. Um, so yeah, it's it's kind of bewildering on on, on the the Abe side of this. On the switchback side of this, it's even more bewildering, I think, uh, because you've now locked in a player, a 17-year-old goalkeeper, um, and we still don't have a head coach for 2020. Um, it may, it very well still may be Woldy Harris, but I would think we're going to have a hard enough time attracting a coach to come play for us when you look at him and say, look, we can't give you very much in terms of salaried for players. You know, you're going to have a, a team that's going to be, you know, a, a bottom of the league in in, in uh, payroll. Um, you're going to be playing in a community that is lukewarm at best to the soccer, uh, professional soccer, and um, you're also now going to be saddled down with a 17-year-old goalkeeper that at this point in the season has still not won a professional soccer game. He got the win against FC Denver in the Open Cup, but he has yet to get a win in league play. So he's yet he's not yet won a game. Um, has conceded goals in every game. Um, who looks like he has potential, but definitely does not, in my opinion, and I love the guy, I hear he's, he's, he's a... a, a quality character um he's got potential but he is really not starting usl championship caliber goalkeeper um so it kind of it confused me on all fronts um at at, at the same time do do we know why steward Sayus hasn't been starting is he is he still injured why why is a 17 year old uh, untested on no professional wins in the league being started over a uh, Haitian national team. Yeah. Goalkeeper. And, you know, I mean, Stuart Seuss, you know, I mean, he, he didn't exactly like when he, when he made starts with us last year, uh, you know, he split time with Moise Poade, but together I, they, they were, they were a, a, a decent goalkeeping uh, pair. I, I, I don't think, Based upon from what I saw last year in Stuart Seuss and this year in Abe Rodriguez, I, I don't see a reason why we haven't even given Seuss a, a chance. Um, and that may, there, I mean, there may be some haggling behind the scenes. Um, you know, Brian, Brian Crookham is running the show uh, player personnel wise. Um, he's, he's the one who signed, who, who uh, signed the contracts and, I would you know, he, Seuss is a former Rapid, um, so we, we 
I'm not sure, to be honest with you. He's not injured. Um, I truly believe that he was going to start the El Paso, or I'm sorry, the uh, the Reno game. Um, he made comments on social media that made it seem like like this is the moment it's coming. You know, this this is his his timing and I'm sure he's not happy about it because after that game, he made another social media comment that was essentially, maybe I should learn to be a striker. <laughs> so yeah. you can take that as either I'm not appreciated as a goalkeeper. Uh, we can't score any goals. So the only way I'm going to be able to, to get any play time on this team is if I, you know, uh, learn to score some goals. Uh, so, I'm not exactly sure. It's a bewildering move. And, and you know, for the switchbacks, okay, fine. You know, it, it's basically the standard, you know, pro for the, t- for the last two months of the season and then with, with, an op- with a team option in 2020. And how bad would that be if we did get a new coach and he decided, no, we're not going to go with them and the, the, he, and the team doesn't pick up the 2020 option on Abe Rodriguez. And he just burned his college eligibility for two months of paychecks. Yep. And, uh, you know, it, it raises also the question, uh, is he going to be coming, is, is he moving to Colorado Springs now? Is he going to be at practices every week? Is he, you know, uh, a lot a lot of questions that, that really weren't answered in my, uh, still, are still unanswered in my opinion. And like I say, I, I, great potential. Um, I think it would be great if he was stayed in the academy and, and for the Rapids. And I, I know I know Ryan Kaufman and Roland Vargas tried to make a point about even though he's a professional switchbacks player, he's still part of the academy at the Rapids. But I'm not. It, it was kind of I don't know. It sounded like they were they were trying to get a talking point in because they maybe heard the question the, the team has heard the questions it didn't really make much sense to me um because i mean I, what's the point of having the academy if you're not playing in the academy if you're spending your time here you know i it i don't know i, I don't know at all and, and i've heard that he's working closely with our goalkeeper coach trey harrington um who great goalkeeper uh has been our been our goalkeeper coach since season one um so who knows how this turn out? I hoping, I'm hoping next year uh, will he be 17 slash 18, that it will he will blossom into an incredible goalkeeper. Um, also, I hope, he, I hope he blossoms a few inches taller. Yeah, probably not. But yeah, um, I think his growing days are over. Yeah. Uh, well, you never know. I mean, at that age, you, know, you, you get the right, and that's another thing. You, you get the right diet program going, the nutrition program. You know, you can. You can kind of coax out a, a couple extra inches and, and and some some muscle, and get the you know the 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 hops and the you know get get the get the uh, explosiveness off off the feet and all that, and a lot of goalkeeping is is strategic too. I mean, you don't need to be all that well conditioned to be a goalkeeper, but you need to be able to you know know how how plays are being set up and where to position your defenders and where to position yourself. Um, and I think that's kind of where he struggled this season is in his positioning. One of the goals, the first goal he gave up in Reno was a case where he came off the line uh, really in an unneeded situation where he didn't need to come off the line and was, was just chipped right over him. Um, and another situation, there was a couple, 
non-goals that happened uh, during the Portland game where he did the same thing where where he there was two players coming down on the on the uh, the ball carrier and uh, a trailing attacker coming in uncovered and he still went after the the player with the ball whereas he should have stayed home just in case of that uh, trailing attacker so he's got a lot he's got a, fundamentally he's got a lot to learn um, giving him a contract I don't know uh, not sure if that's the uh, it doesn't seem to have much upside for anybody involved. So, but it wouldn't be the first move that the switchbacks have made that have been mind-boggling, and it probably is not going to be the last. Uh, and speaking of yeah. of new player signings, uh, just yesterday we announced the signing of uh, Mexican national. Let me pull up it here, uh, Fernando Gonzalez. Uh, Fern- Fernando Gonzalez Delphine. Delphine. And Which, uh, speaking of short people, uh, we've signed a striker who's five foot five. So <laughs> I may have the wrong. Let me let me check here. Fernando Gonzalez played for yeah five five Club, Club America. So, in, see now uh, I'm, I'm curious because I uh, his this has got to be a different. When was his birthday? 97, yeah. Surprisingly, there's a lot of of Fernando Gonzalez's who apparently played for Club America last year uh, it, on Wikipedia because I pulled up the wrong information. But it matches almost exactly everything that this guy's done except for uh, his age. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let me see here. Let me try. So which makes this even a bit, a little bit more baffling is that uh, uh, view all. He, you, you gotta you gotta wonder when a when the, the switchbacks do this where they announce a player announce goal scorer and the highlight reel they show is either a lot of moves of him not scoring goals. Or scoring one goal, and that one goal that he scored is his one goal in his career. Um, so, yeah, um, five foot five. I mean, there's I, 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 that could it, be wrong. That's the information that I'm seeing. But that that's, uh, that, that was on the press release. Uh, I had to yep. check. I had to check that five foot five. 135 pounds, which I think is what I was in fifth grade. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, that's, that might be what I was in, uh, in, in elementary school. Yeah. And, and you never know, this could be a ploy to make Abe Rodriguez seem tall. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, again, signing a player at the end of the season... Um, and this was a signing. This isn't a loan. This isn't anything like that. He is he is owned by us now. Uh, he's been with the, he's 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 played uh, with the the Mexican uh, under under twenties under twenty one. Uh, Fourteen appearances for their under twenty team, and uh, his last appearance was in the under twenty ones in a friendly against Germany. Uh, don't really give us any more uh, information besides that. 
Uh, it's one of those that the Switchbacks release a press release that has very basic information. Uh, for, Brian Crookham says uh, Fernando will give us an additional goal-scoring threat um, as we head into the stretch run of the season. Uh, stretch run. So, yeah, that kind of brings me into my next talking point, which is going to be really, really fun. Um, playoffs. <laughs> to which I know everyone's like, playoffs? Playoffs? They're the talking point that isn't a talking point? I'm confused. <laughs> there are some people out there who still have holding out hope that the switchbacks may just make the playoffs still. And with 10 games to go, 30 points available, uh, it, it's... It's, it's mathematically possible, but uh, realistically improbable, most likely impossible. Well, let me give you some statistics here. Okay. So, uh, drawing on a number of websites, the uh, if we finish with 49 points, we are in the playoffs. Um, that would be nine wins. Uh, nine wins for 49 points. Uh, that would mean we, we have to either finish nine, you know, with nine wins, one loss, nine wins, one draw, whatever. We need 49% to clinch a playoff spot. Um, from there, uh, 48 points. Uh, if we get eight wins, our chances go from 99.9% to uh, f- uh, 95.5%. So if we get 46 points, which I, I believe my, my, my goal was 45-46 was a reasonable chance, um, we have a 95% chance at 46. Uh, going down the list, uh, the last full percent, if we finish with 41 points, uh, it basically leaves us with a 2% chance to make the playoffs. Um, 40 points would leave us uh, with a 0.3% chance to make the playoffs, uh, which is statistically zero. Uh, anything under 40 points, and we are out of the playoffs. Um, now, now, keeping in mind, doing doing the math here, um, we, we only have 22 points with more than half a season played. So you're what you're the people, uh, mystical people out there who still believe there's a chance. Um, what they're saying is that in the next 10 games or so, uh, we are going to come up with more points than we've been able to come up with all season. Yes. Thus far. Yes. Um, and that's just to maybe squeak into 10th place. Yes. Um, so, <clears throat> Whatever you're smoking out there, uh, the, I know this is Colorado. I know that it's uh, <laughs> that it's it's legal, uh, acceptable. Um, stop it. <laughs> um, put, yeah. Put, put on yeah. your logical caps. There's optimism. Pull on your big boy pants. Uh, optimism is one thing, but that is uh, sheer fantasy. Yeah. Um, anything. Anything less than 37 points, 36 points, statistically out. 
We cannot make the playoffs. Um, we, we have less than a 0% chance of making the playoffs if we do not get more than 36 points. <clears throat> and 36 points would mean either a four wins, two draws, four loss, which I could really actually see us doing, um, which is essentially a 500 record, or three wins, five draws, three losses. Um, 37 points, we're talking five wins, five losses. Um, we, 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 quite, we have to win at least six games heading out and not lose more than two to really even be able to talk about the playoffs without um, laughing so hard it hurts. Um, but statistically, it's possible. Uh, we get seven wins, and um, we're right in the hunt. We're, you know, uh, we get that 45-point area, and you know, to do that, we're going to have to defeat some teams uh, that are. We're going to have to play spoilers for some teams, but you know, we get we get 49 points, we're in the playoffs. So we've got to come up with somehow with uh, 27 more points. Um, which means nine wins against let's look at the remaining games against Sacramento, Fresno, Phoenix, Austin, New Mexico, El Paso, Vegas, LA galaxy, Tacoma defiance. We should be able to get points from, but who knows? And then San Antonio, the remaining games that we have, uh, many of which are away from home are all against pretty strong opposition. If not top of the table opposition. Yeah. So um, it would be a magical run. And when I say magical, I, I, I'm literally speaking about magic. Um, like, like this, we, we would need to have, like, sacrifice a chicken or something um, to make this happen. It would be, it would be, it would be a, uh, a worst, worst to tenth type of story. Um, Which, you know... I, I not to not to give the crazy people more hope, but um, if you look at uh, taking a look at one of my other favorite sports, if you look at uh, the NHL, uh, St. Louis Blues went from last place in January to winning the Stanley Stanley Cup. So yeah. miracles do happen. I don't know that this is a team that's going to pull a miracle out of their hat, though. Yeah. Well, and you and then you know. You, it's possible to. I mean, you look at you look at Phoenix, um, who have uh, let's see here won every game since May. I mean, they they're on like a 12 game winning streak. Um, we 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 us pulling out that tie against them um, really was one of the low points of their season. <laughs> so, um, you know, we we it's possible. It's statistically possible. Um, Improbable though. Now, having said that, I, I know if there's any, you know, people in the Switchbacks office that are listening and they're going, Jason, why are you so negative? You know, but, but let me let me throw in this positive. Uh, this doesn't mean that we you shouldn't show up to, to the home games because, especially if you've been a, I, I say lifelong, you know, life of the franchise. If you've been a lifelong Switchbacks fan. This is a real possibility that this may be the last chance we get to see um, some of our our, our, our 
favorite players that have been with us or come back to us uh, since day one. Um, you know, next season, you know, we we got you know Brian Crookham getting more control over the team. We're going to have a new head coach. A lot of these players that were kind of trichu guys are going to be gone. That means we may have seen our last well, we may have seen our last chance to see Mike Seth. Uh, it sounds like his he injured his shoulder pretty bad, uh, and he may not return this season. But seeing guys like Ronnie, Jordan Burt, um, Saeed Robinson, players that have, have you know been been part of the black and blue that we bleed, um, there is a very real possibility that we may, this may be the last time we see them in a switchbacks uniform. Um, so definitely get out to the games and take advantage of the opportunity to see some of these players who helped build this franchise uh, into what it is. Yeah, and that is that's kind of a sobering thought. And I uh, off season for Switchbacks fans is is always kind of a a uh, emotional roller coaster as we as we lose players. I mean, turnover in the USL is already a, a big deal, um, but the the prospect of losing guys that we've had since day one is uh, is definitely a sad one. Yeah. Um, so definitely definitely want still want to get out to games you definitely want to support and who knows you might get treated to a miracle um although the uh the odds are not in our favor yeah well and and i will say this the past two home games have been very exciting to watch um which honestly what more can you ask for yeah i i mean if i mean wins i mean you could ask for wins but um (laughs) Uh, the games have been exciting, and um, they've been they've been really fun to watch. Um, you know, the, the, we, we we do have some the, the, the we the future does look bright for the Switchbacks. I mean, we do have a, a developing goalkeeper. Um, in this, if he stays into next season, would be the first time we've really had a consistent consistency at the goalkeeper position since uh, David Lagoric was around. Um, but you know we've got Tucker Bone and Austin Doing, who uh, I have no doubt will be back next season. Um, you know there there's there's lots of lots of young players that we've got to look forward to. But you know um, you look at guys who have have had good good seasons, uh, good careers here, and either could get opportunities elsewhere. You know you're looking at a, a Shane Malcolm, Jordan Schweitzer. Um, Jamal Jack, even uh, although coming off an injury, he may that may take away a little bit. Uh, Guadabaye, he's owned by the Rapids. Um, unless he gets moved up next season, he could be around next year too. Uh, so you know we've got the we've got the the building blocks for a good season. But you know players like Ronnie Argetta, um, and this kind of goes back to the we had a little discussion about this on the Trailheads board about about the the average age in the usl is is getting lower and lower because you see so many of these teenagers getting signed well that also means that the 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 older players are getting cycled out um and you know you you look at ronnie argetta who's had a had a, a pretty successful career with the exception of his uh his his uh one year stint in fresno um, he's 28 years old, which in USL years is is up there. Um, and had it not been for the switchbacks, you got to wonder if he would have even had a soccer career. You know, he was found at a uh, 
at a at a combine in California um, and when we signed him there. And at that point, he was I believe he was going to school for an engineering degree. Um, you look at players like Saeed, who, again, great career with us, never really seemed to pick up when he went and played for uh, North Carolina um, the one year he wasn't here. And he's he's 29 years old, so he'll be 30 next year, which, again, is is getting up there. And, and unless you have players like the Luke Vercolones that, that are and the Josh Suggs who are content with their place in the USL being a senior player and and get some sort of security when it comes to financially and uh, you know playing time uh, these these contracts that you see going out to 16 17 year olds Orange County just signed a 14 year old goalkeeper um, it's exciting to watch but then again it's a sign that a lot of these players are getting a lot of the older players are getting replaced with younger and younger players and really with nowhere to go um, so what that means for us is the guys that we love, the guys that have been around, um, won't be around forever. And, um, get down there, get a chance to see them. Uh, wait, stick around in the game. Make sure you get that, that Ronnie Argetta and Saeed Robinson autograph, uh, when they, when they, when they go sign autographs after the game. So I, I didn't mean that to be depressing. Debbie Downer. Yeah, Damn. no, I mean, it's exciting. It's exciting because, you know, we, the playoff, the chance of playoffs are gone. So that pressure is kind of off. And now we can kind of enjoy the soccer for the soccer and enjoy the players that we've loved forever. And um, we've only got so many opportunities left to do that. And we, we want to go out there and we want to support them and let them know that we've, that we've really appreciated uh, their, their time with us. If it comes to an end, I hope it doesn't, but uh, you know, the odds are not, uh, in the favor. Um, so, yeah. There you have it. Aside from that, I think that's about it for uh, Switchback's USL news. Um, if you're interested in what's going on in the West, uh, Phoenix is still in running roughshod over everybody. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they actually murdered a team one weekend. Um <laughs> <laughs> like just straight left bodies out there. Uh, Reno, they're, they're, they're at the top of the table right now, 50 points. Closest to them is Reno, uh, the 44. Uh, Phoenix is at 50 points with two games in hand over Reno. So, um, that's, that's disgusting. Yeah. Uh, uh, a plus 38 goal differential. Yeah. They have conceded 20 times this season. We have conceded 43 times. We have a negative 20. They have positive 38. Let's just think about that for yeah. a minute. <laughs> they are on a another level. Um, behind them is Reno, who's on a good stretch as well, uh, as we saw as they stomped the hole into our chests. Um, <laughs> Fresno closely behind at 43 points. And then you got a little scrum for that fourth place uh Spot we uh, you have uh, Real Monarchs at 34, Austin Bowl 33, and New Mexico United at 33, and Portland Timbers two at 32, and LA Galaxy at 30. I there there is look there's four points that separate the fourth place team and the 11th place team, so there is a lot of movement still to be had and 
you, know, you got to remember the top the top four is what what you want, and even if you're sneaking in in that fourth position, uh, you got to remember, you know, like Swole Park Rangers for the past couple of years, uh, they've took that fourth place position and benefited from upsets uh, from the top three teams and and held home field throughout the playoffs. So um, there's a lot of movement still to be had. Uh, and um, unfortunately, we're not anywhere in, to be part of that movement. Um, we're sitting at 22 points, uh, which is effectively eight points out of the 11th position and the 10th position, uh, OKC and San Antonio. So... Lots of stuff still to come in the Western Conference. Uh, nothing is really settled yet, except that Phoenix is probably going to at least play one home playoff game this season. Um, New Mexico United starting to get their form back after uh, after their Open Cup run when they did good in the Open Cup and really took a crap in the league. Um, but there, there, there's a lot going on, and... Uh, if you like, if you if you like soccer, <laughs> keep your eyes on it. If you like the switchbacks, just keep your eyes on the switchbacks. Pay no attention to the teams above the curtain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, there we are. Um, anything else to add? You got anything? No. Nada. Nada. Um, all right, then. Well, that wraps up another uh, podcast for us. Let me give a shout-out to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves. They're the official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and U.S. Soccer. You can get your custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Um, seriously, get out there, support the guys, uh, support the, the, I hate to say old-timers, but support the... Uh, Support the support the guys that have been there since day day one, and uh, let them know that you love them. And uh, we will uh, we will uh, see you next time. My name's Jason. I'm Paul. And uh, go switchbacks. Have a good week. Bye. Boy, don't ever play with guns, but I shot a man in Reno just to watch him die. When I hear that whistle blowing. I hang my head and cry.